Hello and welcome to another episode of Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm joined as always by Vader. How's it going, Vader? Not too bad. A little dizzy, but I'm here and I'm ready to talk about some Kung Fu. Yes, How are you? It's doing pretty good. It's been a little while. We're a, I think we're like a month off, but whatever. The schedule has never been in stone. So we're no, back. We're back. Keep that's, promising. All, that's all that matters. <laughs> we keep promising we'll be back quicker and we never do. <laughs> This ha- it's it's the end of the summer and the summer always messes us up. Then we'll we'll be back on the schedule in the fall. I bet that's our secret. We have two summers a year. Yes, because <laughs> I'm going into my summer. <laughs> so we're out of the go. June July shenanigans. Yes, that is that is better. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Dave? We are talking about The Barefooted Kid, a film from 1993. So it's a little further back, not not too much. It's not um, in the golden era of the, the, the 60s and 70s of Kung Fu. Uh, this felt like it was an older film. I, I would have pegged this maybe as like 85, if I was just guessing. Mm. The cinematography yeah. was good. Like the, the quality of the picture was nice, at least on the edition that yes, I was, was able pretty good. to watch. It was clear. So that that was good. The aesthetics reminded me of like a later 80s film. However, it was 93, so it's not like it's late 90s. Yeah, still early 90s. Yeah, and the, the plot's reasonably simple. It, like the characters are doing things just to progress the story rather than it feeling supernatural, but... It, yeah, it was pretty straightforward. Um but it had enough like little nuances to keep you engaged and kind of wondering like what was going to happen and if certain bad guys were going to stay bad or good guys were going to do bad things, um, which some people did. So <laughs> there's a lot, a lot going on with this movie. It wasn't, it, it, it's, I guess, a little more shades of gray. This wasn't all good guys are good guys, all bad guys are bad guys. It's kind of a little bit of a mix, I felt. Yeah, uh, there are there are a lot of different, uh, I guess, um, elements to this film. There's lots of different characters and groups and factions. I guess you could say. Yeah. They have their own agenda and purpose, and the main character kind of moves between them a little bit, and throughout the story, and it's kind of there's kind of two main characters, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, it's if it's not, sort of well. The side characters have a bigger role than I think we're used to. Yes, um, which was good because it gave us t- it gave the movie time to develop the characters and give the audience um, more background on them and more characterization. I guess um, in in each of the characters, they had time to they they had ample screen time each instead of just kind of popping up every now and then. Yeah, I, that's definitely fair, and I think because of that we've got a little bit more depth to the characters than we might see in some of the other kung fu films we've covered they actually have yeah purpose and drive behind them rather than just wanting to fight <laughs> or, yeah. or wanting to kill or wanting to get revenge there's a little bit more to it which is yeah. always nice yeah cause this, this isn't a um revenge film as have been the last few movies 
though the revenge does there, there, it, it's in there but that's not like the yeah. point of the movie no no um yep that's fair should we talk about our main cast then well things were sure kind of we'll uh, we'll we'll take a look at the director first um, and we're probably we'll be covering stuff that we probably should actually cover <laughs> a way that we've discussed before, maybe. So the director of this is Johnny Toe. It is one of his 71 uh, directing credits. He's also produced 75 films and I think he has quite a few. Well, no, uh, his writer credits are much smaller. Um, he began his films in 1980. And then continuing on, I think, until pretty recently. So, yeah, in fact, he has a film in post-production um, and one that's oh, nice. in the middle of filming. Most of his movies are um, kind of crime dramas, stuff that's a little bit outside of our general purview. That's 90% of his output. Um, but in the 90s, in fact, right around the time when he had um, directed Barefooted Kid, he had previously directed a little known film called the heroic trio uh, as well as the heroic trio 2 in the same year so 1993 he has four movies um that actually looks like one of the highest outputs in a single year except for 1988 um he did a few tv series but the heroic trio of course stars um Michelle Yeoh, uh, Anita Mui, Maggie Chung, um, those are the heroes of the t- the title. That one is a uh, contemporary, it's not really a superhero film, but it's kind of in that vein, um, where it's three yep. crime, crime fighters. Um, and then, of course, he did the, uh, the sequel in the same year. But... Uh, that's kind of it. Everything else he's done has primarily been um, sort of uh, the heroic bloodshed uh, genre. Which is kind of interesting because we've had directors before who aren't, their bread and butter isn't kung fu films yeah. and the, the fight scenes have suffered, whereas the, the kung fu in this and the fight scenes are pretty good. They are, and I think a lot of that um, has to do with the specific other cast members, um, uh, Lung Ti in particular, and uh, also Kenneth Sung, maybe Paul Chun, but uh, Lung Ti for sure. He uh, he portrays um, Tuan, which is the other sort of main character in the film. Um, and his filmography stretches from 1969 um all the way until present day he has a movie in pre-production uh, oh heck he's still going he's still going going strong and his entire output from the 60s through the 80s um i think it slowed down in the 90s for the genre yes so up until 1994 um almost every movie that he did uh was a kung fu film um generally they were more of the wuxia so it's a lot of uh sword fighting kind of wire work stuff um mm-hmm. and then he has uh, they they're they're not uh 
Kung Fu in particular, but they are very notable films, which is the Better Tomorrow and Better Tomorrow 2 series. Um, that would be uh, more of the, the the origin of kind of the gun fu John Woo films where they're welding like two, two handguns at the same time. So those yep. are very popular. Um, and then, of course, he did uh, Barefoot Kid in 1993, and immediately after that, Blade of Fury, which I think was one i think this is also on um netflix and so maybe we'll take a look at that because that was um samuel hung directed that uh, we'll we'll see i don't remember if that was available um and I, I, we we did mention it before because he plays um wong uh fei hung's father in drunken master 2 jackie chan's dad so even even in this film, he was a little older. He's more of like an uncle, sort of father figure to our our main character. Um, yes, who was he's go ahead. They were trained. The, um, he was trained in the same martial art as our main character's father. Correct. Dad. Yeah. They were. They yeah. worked together. They were. It turns out, um, part of a rebel faction against the government. Yeah, and he's in hiding, and his character is in hiding, and has walked away from the, the his yeah. martial art days. Yeah, he's just doing odd jobs around, and um, still has kind of wanted posters um, around. People, people still after him for sure. Uh, our main character is uh, portrayed by Aaron Kwok, who we have seen extensively because he portrayed um, uh, the Buffalo Demon King in the Monkey King, and then. Um, switched roles and decided to be Sun Wukong in Monkey King 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did we end up finishing the Monkey King series? Um, we I don't think did. we did. No, I think we missed... I don't think I've seen the third one. I thought we did the third one. I don't oh, remember now. Reading. I know I know that there was <laughs> there was a new one that looked like way darker, which I meant to watch and then just didn't get around to it. Um, but he's done the He's done that series a few times. Um, and most, oh, now I recognize him. He's just yeah. much younger here. Yes, because it's 1993. He was also in The Storm Riders in 1998. Uh, and then in Legend of the Liquid Sword uh, and a few other Wuxia films and some cop dramas. Not not too much. I mean, he has a pretty good filmography, but it's he takes a little bit of time in between his films. Um, he's he has seventy two movies to his he's name. He's very good. He's good, and um, he did a very good job in this. I was very impressed. Because even um, even his acting and portraying um, the character that he was 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 quite well done. I believe it was, and you could um, he's he's portraying sort of like. A um, a village, like a I, I can't even think. There's a word for it. It's not like a village idiot. He's just from a vill. He's from like the sticks, and then he's just a poor guy, and he's confused a little bit by what's going on in like the bigger city. Yeah, and he's. I think he's supposed to be playing a character younger than he actually maybe look as well. He's very naive and innocent. Yes, yes, and he's like illiterate and a few other things that come into play um, during the film. And he, as the film title suggests, um, 
is in fact barefooted for a good portion of the beginning of the film because he's, he's so poor that he doesn't even own a pair of shoes. Yes. And he's willing to do a lot of things thing. for <laughs> for getting some shoes. But like, yeah, he's downtrodden and lonely and sad. Yeah. And well, his, his, his father, his father has passed away and he's yep. been tasked with... Um, getting a job at his father's friend's factory, which is what he goes to go do. And um, we find out that that factory is, what well, is this name factory? Um, Maggie Chung's character. So that's our other, one of our other main characters. Um, she runs a uh, dye shop uh, where our barefooted kid eventually finds employ. Um, her yes. filmography is primarily dramas um however she was in ashes of time in 94 and then more slightly more recently we did cover her way back if you guys remember um she's in the film hero so that's a good film good film and we have an episode on that if you somehow missed it it's probably episode two or something it's a a little ways back but uh, it's a very good movie. Um, highly recommended. Uh, she also, however, is in both Heroic Trio 2 and Heroic Trio 1. Nice. And Police Story 3, Supercop, so with Jackie Chan. And Twin Dragons, with Jackie Chan. I think that's it. Yeah, she, yeah I like her character in this too. Yeah, she did a really... I, in fact, I, and Police Story 2. And Police Story... Project A... Um, two, um, Police Story One. So quite a few uh, co-starring with Jackie. She's been in a lot of movies. She has a um, ninety films um, under her under her belt. Uh, she did a really good job. I probably liked her character most as far as other other kind of side characters went. Um, she she did an excellent job as this sort of caring boss of the of the, the die factory she's literally willing to sacrifice her health um in order to uh progress the factory or take care of things or handle debts that they may or may or may not have rung up yes who else and it's just yeah, cool to see she's a she's a strong character who's you know fought for her place yeah and and for good reason to to have control over a over the situation. It's pretty cool. She's a cool character. Yeah, there's also Kenneth Sung. Um, unfortunately, I cannot recall who he was portraying. I think uh, he may have been the guy that owns the little inn that ended up uh, betraying um uh, Tuan's character, I think. Okay, yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. He only appears a couple of times. Yeah, it's very briefly. Um, I I want to say that that's who he was um, portraying as. Um, his his filmography again is um, massive. It's pretty big. He was in Rush Hour Two, <laughs> <laughs> Replacement uh, cool. Killers. Um, probably Rush Hour. Uh, no, he wasn't in Rush Hour One. Um, Police Story, um, I guess Police Story 3, technically. 
Return of the Lucky Stars. Um, he's often an uncle, older, uh, older character. Better Tomorrow Two, Uncle. So yeah, a lot of uncle typecasting going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of it. I don't recognize uh, any of the other actors. Not immediately. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the the cast members do not have a character that they played so i can't tell and half yep. the time the picture is like recent so definitely can't tell or it's super old from a different movie. <laughs> yeah yeah there are there are a lot of people in this film but um yeah. I, I also doesn't probably doesn't help getting the information because it's quite an obscure film i've never heard of this one before yeah had you heard of this um i had not Actually, so for I think from both of us is the first time that we had the chance to watch it. Yeah. Yes. So, and from what I can tell from um, IMDb on the reviews, it's it's quite an obscure film. It's not that well known. Yeah. And so, well, there's one other. Um, I I'm, cannot recall who is playing. Um, however, um, this is Yat Fei Wong, and he. We, we've met him before um, in Kung Fu Soccer and oh, nice. in um, something else I think we watched. That that may have been it, actually. Didn't see Street of Fury. Yeah, Kung Fu Soccer. And that looks like, that looks like it. He was the Iron Head in um, Kung Fu Soccer. Okay, yep. <laughs> and oh, he's in Heroic Trio as a yep. car thief, so probably something brief. Um, that's kind of it. Anyway, uh, that is our the general cast and crew of the film. Um, reviews, what do we have? Well, again, as I mentioned just a second ago, there aren't many reviews as I think it's a not well-known film, which is a shame. Like, I think it, it deserves to be recognized as a as one of a good film. Uh, so there is there is no one-star review. Would you like to take a guess at the lowest star rating that's available to us through IMDb? Uh, five. Ooh, not bad. Six. Six stars. So this would be our highest-rated, worst-rated film so far so the lowest rating is the highest we've seen um and so i think we'll just start with there i think (laughs) six six (laughs) out of ten stars the barefooted kid a good time but no not exceptional is the title of this film by chung mo on 28th of april 2007 so what's that 14 years after release uh, he reviewed this johnny told was has recently become the critics hong kong director to tout he certainly has a stylistic flair for gangster movies but i am not familiar with his martial art films so this was a treat in terms of story the movie is certainly a throwback to the hong kong films of the 70s an illiterate young man travels to town to find the best friend of his recently deceased father he wants to retrieve a prized possession of his father's that the friend is holding onto. He finds the man, T. 
Ti Lung working at a cloth factory that's being harassed by the local crime boss. We meet the owner of the factory, a beautiful widow. The young man also meets a beautiful young woman who's a teacher, so he decides to have her teach him how to spell his name. Of course, the young man is thrust into the middle of a conflict. The story is played with a comic touch that carries the film for most of the way until the end, which is quite serious. For me, what didn't work is how the exaggerated wide-angle cartoony film technique was really unsuited for the end of the film. The action is very sped up during some tragic scenes. I started watching Hong Kong Kung Fu films during the end of the Shaw era, and I've never warmed up to the Kung Fu film style of the 90s. Too many cuts, movie, 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 cut, movie, cut, punch, punch, cut, <laughs> and too many sloppily composed action scenes. It seems every film had to have a scene with the hero running on the heads and shoulders of a crowd. <laughs> it's kind of true. In Johnny Tao's defense, he seems to do an average of four films a year, and that's not enough time to really make a great fight scene. If you like 90s-style Hong Kong action, this is a good film. For aficionados of classic Shaw, this might not be that exciting. That was a good review. And it gave us the plot. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I I can't argue with that. A uh, lot of good points. Um, it's a fair criticism when there was criticism, but also the fair praises as well, and a good summary of the plot. Yes, and and it took the time to point out um, the the reviewers' personal opinion in there and their kind of bias toward the Shaw era, but also saying why you may or may not like this film i because of the the extra time it took to do the drama and to do the characters i actually enjoyed the film more i think because we had been watching a little bit lighter stuff um previously yeah yeah i agree i i enjoyed it i probably will enjoy it more second watch through because I'd probably pick up on some of the more of the character elements a yeah. little bit more, because there was a lot in there going on, and it was a little confusing how it, it did jump it, around. It, it did between... jump around a little bit between like set pieces <clears throat> and who. Like, there was so there's like two, there's like two bad guy factions, and yes. it it bounced around between them a little bit. So yeah, I can I can agree with that assessment. Well, and there's also there were multiple good guys as well. Yeah. There were. Yeah. Um, and one of the bad guy factions wasn't super bad, and then there's the government official who was good, but not great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it, there's a lot to take in with this film, and a lot to try and piece together, and and it, I guess that's in hindsight, and as, as I've said before, when we talk about it, the movies always seem to get better, because you can kind of voice some of the things that you're thinking. Yeah, the, That's how the main character would have felt. He would have been very unsure of what's going on this is all very he's he's a um you know a fish out of water or yeah. he's in the deep end like he had no idea what was going on and this and the and we mentioned the things he, he eventually does things that he maybe morally probably shouldn't have been doing but he didn't know any better 
Yes. As I mentioned right at the start, he um our main character interacts with the multiple the multiple factions that are portrayed in this film, uh mostly with the good, but he gets swayed by one of the more villainous groups because he gives him some fancy shoes. And as a poor person being given shoes, you know, from his upbringing, he's kind of like, dang, this is sweet. I don't know, all I have to do is fight people. <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> and so it's all, yeah. The, but once he realizes what's actually at stake, he changes his tune. And, and yeah. yeah, he does. He does the right thing in the, in the end. Um, because fundamentally he's a good person. He just was a little stray um, by smoke and mirrors or yeah, by deception. All right. So that was the oh, yeah. six, bad review. Six, yeah, <laughs> that was the bad one. Um, we do have a ten I star. Guess, yeah, so just do the. Is it small? That's it's super, pretty bad. Super short. But I'm gonna read it. <laughs> ten out of ten. The corrupting influence of footwear. Actually, that's a great title. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> it's a fantastic title, and we may steal that <laughs> the title of this episode. <laughs> um, this is by Matty-12, and this is the 22nd of June, 1999, right before the Y2K bug got us all. The brilliant kung fu scenes, loads of melodrama, peculiar footwear symbolism, and an unhappy question mark end makes Barefoot Kid an unforgettable film. One of the silliest subtitles I've seen. I don't know how, I don't know. The subtitles, I don't remember. I thought they were fine. I don't know. But again, this is from 1999. So whatever copy of the film they had was, yeah, maybe different. Yeah. I guess it's not that bad a review. It's very, very Uh, brief. States what they like. Let's read the one. I'll read the one below it, actually. It's it's blown on my screen. Who knows? Um, Uh, This one's entitled Explosive Fireworks. There's not actually... Uh, they didn't put stars, I guess. Um, so from ah. Bruce Sev 3 from 18th November 2000. Aaron Kwok is great as the barefoot kid. He is a great martial artist, but doesn't know the rules of life. This he will learn from his uncle and a very kind woman who gives him shelter. This uncle is played by T. Lung, who is an even greater martial artist and has some great scenes where he shows his talents. The story is very melodramatic, which doesn't have to be annoying. <laughs> I personally like melodrama at, at some occasions. But if you don't like melodrama, you can skip to the action sequences because that is why the movie is made in the first place. The action sequences are divine to watch. They are far superior to the scenes shown in The Matrix, which proves that digital effects are not needed to create explosive wireworks. If there is one typical Hong Kong martial arts movie you have to watch, then it's this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can agree with most of that. Yeah, and it's a shame they didn't write it. Uh, yeah, why? Why is that? I think they forgot, or it's so long ago. Maybe they didn't see it. Yeah, uh, but in general, the ratings seem to be reasonably positive. Yes, um, and I, I, I can definitely agree. Even the negative review was a six. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting about the Matrix. I actually just finally got around to watching uh the third matrix i never bothered because i didn't like the second one back in the day mm. that's, that's um, actually yeah, funny that you mentioned that i it was on 
at work, like in the break room. Oh yeah. I hadn't seen it in years and I'm watching it going like some of this is just kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember enjoying it when it came out and I don't think parts of it aged well, but um, the action scenes were always good. Yeah. The, the one's definitely the best. I didn't watch three because two was just painful. The three did not improve upon anything two did. I don't think. No, it didn't. It really didn't. They never really explained Actually, that's a good point. Doesn't in two isn't the end of two? He um, in the real world, he does uses the force or whatever it's called. That's in the Matrix. That's in three. I thought it was at the end of two. I think it was the end of three. Nah, because I never seen three. It was the end of two, and then he's all like, he's like stuck in the Matrix at the start of three. Or is that the end of two? Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, end of- I, I don't know. <laughs> We'd have to watch it again to see. I don't. I remember. just watched him. But they never actually explain how he did that in the real world. They never actually went back to that point and was like, this is how he could do it. They just oh, ignored just, the fact he's he did it. the chosen one. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was weird. He could also see when he was blinded, so just how it is. Yeah, well, no. well maybe, it, maybe we'll find out because number four is coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Number four's been announced. No, it, that series was better, not as, as a series. Just the one. No, it really should have film. just been the first film and just kind of been done with it. Yeah, it didn't need the sequels. They didn't add anything to it. They actually take away from what the one presents. Um, anyway, off topic. Off topic, but on, the, on, on that note... Um, I believe John Wick 3 came out this week on <gasps> DVD. Yeah, we talked about... So we that. should probably see if we can get a hold of those and marathon The Wickening. I've seen... I just watched the first two recently, uh, so I can just jump right into the third yeah. one. And they'll blend somebody, together I, because it's it was, one movie. B. Wade or somebody wanted to talk about it. I don't remember who. It might have... Yes, I think it was our, our boy Brian's a huge fan of of Mr. Yeah. Wick and we'll, Keanu. We'll we'll remind him and see if we can get a, a guest episode going. Oh, exciting! Mm-hmm. Can't say we're not doing nothing new for 2019. <laughs> Keeping it fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, um, where so are we think, at? What do you think of the film? <laughs> I really I enjoyed this a lot. Um, more than I thought. I. I I think I was, I wasn't, I didn't really have any expectations. I'd never heard anything about it. I just, I, I just let the preview on Netflix play, you know, I highlighted the film and it started doing its thing and watching a bunch of people get kicked really hard. And I was like, this looks great. So I hit play and enjoyed the resulting melodrama. Yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, Lots of like fun quirky characteristics for the different for the different characters in the the film. Like the barefooted kid, kid I liked that his feet were dirty, and that was brought up quite regularly. <laughs> it was like, a kicks fetish. <laughs> like kept kicking people and leaving footprints behind. Like it was way over the top because yeah. it was like clearly they put ink on his foot and he'd like stepped on them. Um, but it was fun like it, it was like a fun little twist and yeah. how it freaked people out because he was so quick with his feet well they wouldn't kicking. like a lot of people wouldn't even know he kicked them and yeah. then they just see the foot and they're like well he could have really hurt me 
<laughs> because it's in like a vital spot and he didn't hit me hard, but he could have. Yeah. It was, it was, I think it was quite well done uh, and it was fun. But yeah, it was, it was just fun. Um, yeah, it was nice to see that while he was naive, the one thing he was confident in was his fighting skills. Except yes. for one occasion where he may have been overconfident because he figured he could just use the mystical daddy weapon and was not a- actually able <laughs> to do that the first time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I guess we'll mention that the weapon was dumb. <laughs> I thought that was maybe the stupidest weapon we've seen so far in a Kung Fu movie. What was that? that it's a chain It's like a chain thing. whip blade thing, but it's not very it's like long. It's like the three segmented nunchucks, but with the blade on the end, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just one. It's like not very big. Yeah. It was it was kind of silly. I forgot he even used that. He used that's it the like item he was one time. To, yeah, that's the item he was supposed to be picking up, wasn't it? Yes. His dad's... Uh, Memento. Yes, his dad's weapon. Weapon of the father. Which was an extension of the Kung Fu that he was taught. Except for his dad didn't teach him how to use the weapon at all. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, here's how to kick people, but I will never teach you the secret chain leaf blade scorpion thing. I guess that's kind of what I meant when like things just happen just to progress the story. That's one of the things like he had to have a reason to come into town. Yeah. I think I think until that showed up, I probably forgot that he was actually supposed to be picking up something. Well, earlier you you said that he went in to get work, and I was like, "Yeah, that's right, he was." And then it's like, no, when the synopsis we just read is that wasn't, and I remembered it. Well, that's not why he went to town. He was went into town looking for the guy. (laughs) Yeah, he just happened to start working. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be you can live there and work because you you don't have anything else. Like, you can work there, but he also has my weapon. But it felt like they were expecting him back at the village, because he, he, at one point he goes to head back. I thought that was just he quit. <laughs> he was like, I'm, I quit this mess. I'm going to go back home. It's too ridiculous here. Yeah. Because at that point, he was, up, he was upset with things. Yes. So he yep. was just, he was like, I quit, Fui. I'm going to go home. Because that's when the... Um, he, as you said, where he's illiterate, and he decide he meets a girl, um, her teacher. He meets and... a girl, and <laughs> he pees on her. He pees on her shoes on accident, and so she was upset. That it was the classic. We brought up this. I swear, we brought us this up the last three episodes, where it's the classic girl dresses a boy. And the boy yes. doesn't know it's a girl. Yeah, even though and she's clearly a, a girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like the classic, I guess, Hong Kong cinema trope now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he turns around, pees on her, and then his little note of where to go gets peed on. And so, and so and he can't read it. Yes, just... he asks her to read it. He's like, can you read this thing? And it's all <laughs> covered in pee. And she's like, no, no, that's just get that away from me. And you peed all over my pants. The scene where she's introduced was real weird. Like she's dressed as a boy, so she can go look at like old school pornography <laughs> with her friend. Well, they they didn't know that's what it was. They thought it was a site. It was like a little road show. 
So they paid good yeah. money, and then they they peeked in the little um, this little like peaky window, looking glass, and yeah. then inside was old pornography, like, and yeah, they were erotic they were, pictures. Yeah, they, they were scandalized because they they just wasted their money on stuff they didn't want to see. <laughs> see, I thought they they were they were curious at what it was. I thought it was obvious what it was. But maybe I don't, I just, yeah, just I don't think they knew what they were. They just everyone was so excited, and the guy was just like, see, calling people. I thought over. that's why they were dressed as boys because they were trying to like see what the men were looking at. Yeah, but I don't think they knew what it was. All right, okay, they were innocent. Yes, and their, their innocence was taken away with these really badly drawn, <laughs> <laughs> crude <laughs> pictures. Crude and rude. Yeah, it's just it was just a weird way to introduce the characters. I thought. I think it's just like trying to that. show that they're like kind of they're not they're not in that like proper filial daughter role. Yeah, she's trying to yeah, rebel a little. Mm-hmm. But she's still innocent and naive as well, but yes. in an educated way. I guess it's a nice like opposite to our main character who's innocent and naive because of ignorance. She's innocent and naive with an education because she's been sheltered. Yes, because her father definitely doesn't want her <laughs> dating anybody or doing anything other than teaching teaching little the little yes. village kids or the town town kids not in the village. Yes, but yeah, he she ends up offering saying she'll help him if he learns to write his name. Is that what it was? So what it is is he's getting employed at the um, the factory, and they will employ because he. He causes like a lot of problems for the factory on accident, thinking he's doing good stuff and then end up like making a lot of debt and problems with the factory. Um, well, it wasn't really his fault. He he was there to because he was that's where he was told to go, and he's yes. there. And some thugs, the local mob, turn up demanding protection money or something. Yes, and he beats them up. But yeah, so they didn't actually they, do anything wrong. He he didn't do anything wrong, but it made a problem because they were just going to pay yes. the thugs. Yeah, and then that became a problem because the guys that owned the thugs or sent the thugs were like, "Well, now you're resisting us, so money's not going to solve it. Now you're going to have to give us the deed to the." Uh, factory. No, that wasn't that. That wasn't even him though. There was someone else. There was an old man who was a gambler. And he's the one that caused her to offer up the deed as collateral if they don't pay in time. So that's the thing; it wasn't not was it wasn't it, okay. all his fault. There was yeah. yeah well, I, I, I remember well. it wasn't all his fault. I just remember he made it worse. Yeah. Um, On and they came. Yeah, it, that that made them more aggressive. I guess. Well, because they were cheating the the people anyway. They they weren't going to honor their deal. They just were they were looking for an excuse to get the deed for the. Um, the mm-hmm. place they were going to steal it if they couldn't um get it anyway well and when they when they couldn't they, so they made they made it so they couldn't pay the debt by yeah. burning all their work down and so then they had to try and work over time to get the the dyed fabric yes and then use this secret technique that almost kills you because you're dying everything with um what is the it's a stone it will occur to me in just a moment. Sulfur? No, no, no. It's not sulfur. Sulfur won't kill you. It's um, it's a reddish. Uh, what the heck? I don't know why I get the other name of it. Um, 
it's poisonous to people. Like you cannot touch it. Um, but it's used in dying. And that's the secret of the shop because they can make their red stuff, like they can make their colors more vibrant um, using this mineral. Uh, I don't I don't know why I can't recall what it is. I'm hoping it's in one of the reviews because <laughs> it's going to totally bother me. That's not vermilion. Uh, anyway, so they're looking for the thing. I mean, they're, they're, it's ultimately, um, it's a rival um, factory. And mm-hmm. they produce quality stuff, but it's not as vibrant as um, this factory because this factory is using a super secret technique. Um, uh, but see, that's the weird Cinnabar. thing. That's Cinnabar. Like Cinnabar. Cinnabar is what it is. Oh, okay. That's not even like the main... No, 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 it's that's like a totally a side plot. <laughs> yeah, like, that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Except for it almost kills the owner of the um, factory, which gets the uncle upset because he is in love with the owner of the factory and is already on um, in hiding. So him getting his revenge and making sure everyone's safe puts himself at risk like highly because the the whole um governor i guess is looking for him it's a whole like side subplot that kind of is the main plot of the story really having nothing to do with the barefooted kid other than he gets kind of caught up in it yeah he's just kind of observer what was that? Well, the he is. He, yeah. It's kind of like that in some it, ways. It is kind of like that. So he's an observer until he gets drafted by basically the local militia to become a, um, it's not really a bouncer, um, an enforcer to go c- collect debts. Yep. Um, and all because they give him some nice shoes. And and a you know, a stipend and a position and house and whatnot, all that, all and that kind ladies. of things, and some lady, just give them all kinds kiss of stuff. Them. <laughs> yeah, because, was, be, and, and that's the... that's all because um, he had a falling out with the teacher girl, and the, her father. Her father didn't like him. Yeah, it was all a bit straight like that because he turns up when the death scene when our. Um, the uncle fights he's fighting off he gets poisoned to get rid of him mm-hmm. so um, on a side with... yeah just on a side note oh, as i was reading the thing for cinnabar that's elemental mercury so it's mercury poisoning that um ends up almost killing the uh, factory lady oh yeah because she's touching a lot of cinnabar and he shouldn't be doing that no i think it's just breathing it in that's the problem well, because they talk about how it's safe if they do it properly, but when you she's got a well, she tried to like quickly. speedily do it in like an hour, you know, it was an hour, but it was a like within a few hours of a process that normally takes days to go do. Yeah, and that's why it was dangerous because yeah. she's like Just the, the amount of exposure not... to it. Yeah, but yeah, the, the scene when um, the uncle is, dies, he's been poisoned and betrayed. 
yes. our, our hero before the kid turns up and he's the... covered in lipstick. Like it's really weird. And that's like, the weird melodramatic comedy bit I think that the reviewer was talking about because that it's it's not it's not a funny scene, but it's no. filmed in a funny way. Yeah, it's very over the top. Um and then it's having him there observing the death as but covered in, in over the top lipstick marks is Yeah. It was a little much. Kind of, yeah, I guess it's trying to show the how far it's gone. Yeah, well it's showing that even though you know he's kind of just dilly dallying around, not realizing how serious things are because he's just he's being used basically. Yeah. And it's because he doesn't know the gravity of what he's doing. He's making problems. He's you know doing bad things without knowing it. Mm-hmm. And those things have a consequence and one of those consequences is his his instructor, his friend is um killed because of that. But uh Lung T is like the strongest uncle ever. So he's pumped full of arrows, like a lot. Not not the end of hero a lot, but still quite a bit of arrows. Enough. And sees um the barefooted kid. And at the time he's he's uh the uncle's still holding the um he's been using the treasured weapon to kind of defend himself. And when he sees the barefooted kid, he knows that the kid can't use the weapon like properly. And so he's like, I will show you <laughs> the powerful move that your father didn't have time to teach you. And you only you better watch because I'm literally dying right now. So you have like 10 seconds to memorize every move I just do. And he does the crazy dance of death and the final harpoon to the ceiling <laughs> move uh it was a, it was a lot it was a lot to take in and it, it still worked like it's very dramatic it's not it's not funny it's a sad like thing that's happening so i didn't feel like i i don't think the i don't think the juxtaposition between the barefoot kid's appearance and what was happening was enough to make it not sad Yeah, no, I agree. Like it was pretty. It was very. It was was still. It was effective. It was a very effective scene. Um, It could have been done a little differently, removing I think some of the humor elements prior to that event. Mm -hmm. Agree. Uh, I'm not sure if I how I like I like how the film ends because basically he's just angry now and goes and gets the attacks the guy who hired him yes well the the guy who hired him is corrupt so the the actual governor or whatever he is the dude that's running the area is not corrupt he's doing his job correctly but um the the local magistrate i think uh is corrupt and, and he, he's he, the one he, he fights at the end, isn't he, it? Yeah, he's the guy that gets killed, the magistrate. And he's he's the one that owns the. He, he's the one that hired him. He owns the fight the, the fight owns, club. 
thing. Yeah, he runs the Fight Club, but doesn't mm. he? Isn't he buying the the competitor dying thing? That's why he's got he's going yes. to like got investments everywhere. Yeah, yeah, he's he's basically just using the city to line his own pockets. Yes, and the 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 governor guy is just he's visiting kind of in the area to um I don't think he's taking control. He's just there to oversee things and make sure everything's going in accordance with, I guess, the emperor. It's somebody higher up. He's just, yep. he's, he's like a, an envoy. Government official. Yeah. That guy is not corrupt. <laughs> he's doing his job correctly, but he gets like tricked a little bit. Um, and he starts to do stuff he shouldn't be doing because he thinks it's the correct thing to do. Yeah. I kind of don't like, this how this how the ending works it's um because he's angry that his uncle died and so then he just goes gets himself killed and i just it didn't seem to have a purpose well the ultimately the purpose is the the corrupt the the general amount of corrupt people were killed like the higher ups in the corrupt city so his yeah. his 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 sacrifice was not in vain. He got rid of the guys that are messing with everything. Yeah, at the at the local level, anyway. I guess, but again, like I, I'd forgotten how slapstick this was. Like it has them running off. Like it has. He goes to the estate, the bad guys' estate. Um. And the bad guy's beaten up, and so he protects him because he thinks he's been. Yeah, it's actually some other villains, and he's he's innocent. But it was just a ploy to get his guard down, so he could then be stabbed in the back, and that's fine. But then the this guy flees, the crime lord flees, and it's this weird kind of like Freddy Krueger's like walking after the screaming teenagers. Like, because um, our our the kids just like walking with like white powder on his face that he got thrown at him during the fight scene, and it just looks a little silly and it doesn't match the rest of the film. Well, they're going yeah, just, for like that heroic bloodshed angle, which is what Johnny Toe normally does. So uh, tonally, he's trying to do two sort of different movies. I think the the way the plot and everything wraps up is fine, but you're right. Some of the visuals, like we mentioned, even with the earlier scene, they're a little bit at odds with each other. Yeah, I, I like. I'm not. I'm never a fan of heroes dying. Like I always like the hero to live. Like I like the happy endings. I did like the poeticness of how, as he's dying, he he struggles to put on his his shoe. Because that made it like super sad. <laughs> I think that was yeah, tough. That was tough that to actually was, watch that part. I will. I will. I will say that was cool. But and 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 you could see it as a tragedy for what it was. This innocent kids come to city, been caught up in things that had nothing to do with him really. Yeah. Um, but yet has died for others because effectively he died to so other people didn't suffer. Yeah. Um. And he's he's not he he's selfish in a way, but he's selfless in the end. Like the yeah. the way he ended is how ideally he should have been living his life. 
as far as like the morals are concerned in in this situation i just i just the fact is he could have not just been aggressive and attacked and yeah, yeah i mean the, the it, it could have ended like, you know differently but that's what they wanted to do uh normally this kind of thing isn't a kung fu movie and it's like a a, a crime drama and it works a little yep. better in that context um well, to be to be fair, that's it's kind of how Hero was in a lot of ways. It oh yeah, it ended, it ended it ended the same way, and that purpose was like even Grand like Grand. it was greater, but it had less of an effect. Yeah, you're right. On a individual scale, it had less of an effect, yeah. but potentially on a on a national level, it, it potentially could have a great a great effect. Of what well, the, the effect that it had in Hero was to change the heart of the emperor. Which has a huge impact. Which has a huge, theoretically, has a huge impact because he was not assured that that was going to happen. He had to bank on the emperor, like, changing his mind because he was technically supposed to assassinate him. Yes. Yeah. But he changes. Yeah. Anyway, we don't need to get into here. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I just, I guess it frustrated me. Like, his bloodthirsty revenge didn't felt out of character um well i, I, I think guilt because of it, his own actions maybe. yes and it's showing while the the things he did at the end were for like a just reason um the method was wrong maybe yep and and you'd um I think it's more like he he accomplished a goal, but no one really benefited from him dying to do it. No, like his death actually did it was a little bit avoidable, and it didn't make things better because he died. And and, and aesthetically, it was a little over the top glory for like no reason. Like it didn't it didn't sit with the rest of the setting. Like he loses his hand. Uh. <laughs> It's chopped well, they, they it's that last 25 minutes of the movie like went that way it's the same thing with the uncle just getting pumped full of arrows it wasn't funny looking it looked horrible um yeah and he's just slowly yeah. like falling apart because he's getting hit in the joints and stuff and it was just like not it it was effective just the, the way i mean the, it looked horrible <laughs> yeah yeah the way the bad guy was just like flinging gold bars around was pretty like it was just real slapstick like it just there's it's We've covered this already, but yeah, lots of different feelings and yeah styles slapped together in well, this it, last it, few. And things. it's not, it's. I don't think that that felt. I mean, they it, of course it ends up being slapstick because of people's, I guess, reactions. But when the it's really it's 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 not funny. It's a sad thing yeah. where the the villain doesn't have the strength of arms to, to do something. So he's, he's literally throwing money at people to get them to stop someone else. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like anyone, itself, you can have all my gold, really... just kill him. You know, it's, it's like a pathetic, it's a pathetic ending for a yeah, pathetic. I, man. I, I just guess it could have been portrayed a little better. And it's a little sad. The fact that the main guy is actually in his final act of heroism. He's actually just killing people who, don't actually necessarily deserve to die these are all the fighters who are fighting to earn money for money yeah no it's yeah there's a lot there's a lot like this i think we we 
mentioned this in the beginning that this movie is not it's not a straightforward a to b thing there's a lot this one of the more nuanced films surprisingly that i think we've covered um where there's a lot of motivations where there's a lot of shades of gray a lot of these generally are there's a bad guy and a good guy and at the end there's a bad guy and a good guy this is not that way this is a lot of people doing what they think is correct for uh, or doing bad things for good, ostensibly good reasons. Because we haven't even covered the um, the 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 love interest's dad. No, like he's involved somehow. He's a t- he's a governmental official, but he's he does some things that aren't great. But he's not a bad guy. Yeah. Well, and even um, the the restaurant owner who poisons. Um, Lung Ti. His friend. <laughs> it's his friend. It's his like best friend, but he's threatened. Skeet. He's threatened and yeah. he's scared of like his daughter and his place being destroyed. Um, he's not scared of his daughter. He's scared for his daughter. Uh, and so he agrees to put poison in his friend's tea. Not to kill him, but to weaken him. Because he thinks it's just going to like weaken him and that'll get him out of the way but it's obviously it's to weaken him so that someone else can kill him because the other are the archers probably would not have been able to kill him had he not already been poisoned because he was doing a pretty good job of like wrecking people even though he's like mostly dead from the poison yep yeah. at full strength he'd have kicked some trash for sure yeah but definitely i i guess um, the main the ending was very poetic and so i guess him dying led to i just don't like i guess i didn't like how it was portrayed the dying led to a very emotional ending and and, and potentially a good way because i really liked the little touch at the end where you see the um the the diet the lady dyer the business owner from the dying factory she's pregnant to the uncle's Baby. yeah they had a um a little Child. fling when they knew everything was falling apart and so they were like well we have this one moment so Let's they slept this. together and it was a <laughs> yeah it was enough to to get her pregnant and carry on the legacy of um of the uncle and i thought that was a nice touch to kind of it's it's i think it's a symbol of hope that it, no bad things happen. Yeah, that it, there's it is, and she, and she already had. She's a widower, so yep. in society that's viewed poorly. She's treated kind of badly by other women in the the, the, the town, and then <laughs> she shows up pregnant, still a widower. So oh, there's, yeah, there's right. no husband. So everyone's like just talking smack behind her back, and kind of to her face. And then, of course, the um, I think it's at, at that point when the uh, the gr- the young girl that's the teacher um, says, "Don't you understand that that's like the that's the revolutionary uncle's baby? Like that's that's who the father is. So you should better shut up because <laughs> he's like that's like a hero, the baby of a hero, you know." Yeah, that's right. And, and again, it shows how staunch and a badass she is. That she's not going to take crap from these gossiping ladies. She's just yeah. she's turns around, and stands up to them, because and saying, "Look, I'm not ashamed because 
you know, oh yeah maybe maybe she said it. I, I don't remember who said it but um i think she does i think she turns and says stop yeah, she does. stop bugging me this is the baby of a hero you know like this yeah is- she's she's just cool because she's a strong character she she knows her place in this world she provides uh employment and income to multiple families uh, and food and yes. she's got the strength to stand up for her, her own who she is and and, and the cool. strength to have been mercury poisoned and still be fine <laughs> yeah she just sweated it out <clears throat> yeah it's she's a cool character i really like I, I really like her character she's probably one of my favorite uh female she's not quite a lead but a favorite um supporting character in, in hong kong cinema yeah, we'll have to take a look at uh, the the heroic trio films. Um, I don't think I've seen the second one. I know I've seen the first one a few times, but it's been a long twenty something years since I watched those ones. Um, yeah, I'm really glad we uh, took the time to watch this. It was it was very enjoyable and a surprise because I had no idea what this one was. Yeah, it was a very nice surprise, and we've had a few like that, and I enjoy those ones the most. I think. <laughs> So we, what would you rate it? Uh, it? I think after discussing and talking about a few of the things that worked and then some of the stuff that didn't work, I would I would give this like a seven. Yeah, I reckon that's pretty good. I would aim for around there. Like part of me wants to rate it higher, but then I, yeah, there, there are issues. There's um, there's the same thing. There's stuff that I think could have been either taken out or changed a little bit for the better. I, I I feel like if some of the comedy toward the latter half was toned down or maybe in the earlier part toned down so the tone was a little bit more even, um, it would get a higher rating. Yeah, that's fair. Um, as I say, that, that first review we read, I think he was very fair in, in the way he critiqued it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can't help but agree with some of those sentiments and as someone else said, I think, I think maybe one of the other ones that the director is, you know, pumping out these films at a pretty high rate. Yeah. Well, this was his year we did four of them. So, yeah. So um, there is a level of forgiveness that we can give him. But yeah, you can't give points just because he had no time and was had a busy schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good film, and it's it's highly worth watching. I think this one would be fun to watch again in like a year or so, and just to kind of, with that knowledge of what's happening, taking that back in and enjoying the characters more, because you have a little bit more like context. Yeah, I, I think so too. Particularly because this this, as we mentioned, is not a it's a little more complicated um, of a story. There, there's more side characters. There's more main kind of characters um and a few of them i I remember even toward the the there's a segment where people are hunting for the uncle um and that part got a little confusing i i recognize it was the um the government uh um envoy uh, official that was hunting after him but i think at the time i was confused about who some of the bad guys kind of were or what the, what their motive was really, yeah. But um, I think I, I get I get most of it now. Good. Well, I think that wraps us up. 
I think it does. That, so that is the Barefooted Kid from 1993. And hey, we didn't mention it's actually available on Netflix. It is on Netflix. <laughs> so get so in there if you haven't Go watched watch it, it if you haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that, that is it for the episode. We will be back when we come back. <laughs> it's up in the air. We'll see. Uh, we have a few things to choose from. There is the uh, Ip Man spinoff, um, Master Z, which looks pretty cool. Oh, yes. Um, we should probably watch that. Uh, there is also um, a Suihak film, um, Shadow or Shadows, uh, people fighting with umbrellas that have swords on them. Oh, looks, sweet. That sounds looks, awesome. <laughs> it looks great. And that's the director from Hero. So that's also on the plate. Again, there is the upcoming Wickening. We'll see when we can fit that in because that's three movies. We've only done that once before, and it was disastrous because we could not remember what happened in what Yipman film. <laughs> um, I think I Wick, John Wick will be easier. I, I've seen those a few times at this point. So, Well, the John, the first two, they just flow straight onto each other. The second film follows straight after, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Like chronologically. Yeah. Whereas I'm not sure about the third one. I have a feeling it's going to be... It, it conti- no, it continues exactly off of the second film, if I remember correctly. Okay. Well, we'll be able to tell the difference because there's, uh, was it um, Halle Berry that's in this one, the third one? Yes, yes. He had no friends in the first two, so the, the, we know the third one will be the one where he's got a friend. And there's mul- multiple dogs, multiple doggos in number three. I'll tell you what I ha- have been what I watched recently is on Netflix, a Japanese cartoon. I think it's Keegan Ashura or something. Oh, Kenran, Kenran Ashura. There, you said it better. Um, but yeah, basically, it's just it's just a fight club. Um, the, the the premise is that large merchants or companies in modern society uh, in Japan for hundreds of years have settled disputes and negotiations with basically anything goes MMA <laughs> like there's like no rules and people salt fighters will will and can die in these fights uh but yeah it's just mental it just follows one of the fighters um it's it's, it's pretty funny it's really violent but it's it's yeah straight up lots of fighting the Nintendo, you meet the Nintendo CEO at one point and the Panasonic CEO, which is always re- was very funny. <laughs> I'll have to take a look at it. I know there's also that Wu Assassins, which I really wanted to watch. Yeah, I watch and then I heard it's just okay. Yeah, I watched that. I forgot. I watched that as well. Yeah. Um, Disappointing because it's uh, it's uh, our buddy Equal Weiss um, co-starring in that one. So I was pretty pumped and then just reviews were kind of middling um i'll watch it anyway it's, it's, it should be not fine terrible it, it it's not great either though like yeah i don't the, see that there's potential for them to do some cool things with like the concept but they, they don't seem to like everything i think they're gonna do they just don't do and it just mm. didn't go anywhere <laughs> There's another, um, I never remember the name of it, but there's a TV series, which is like a post-apocalyptic kung fu series, and I never, like, I heard it's good, 
and then every time I watch a trailer, I just it does not like all the parts sound like they're right up my alley, and then it's just not like I can't. I watch the trailer, I'm like nah, I just don't just feel like point. watching this. <laughs> just not. Yeah, fair enough. Not not doing but, what I want uh, to do. It wasn't terrible. Um, it's it's a it's season one. It didn't end. I was kind of mm-hmm. hoping that it would be like a, a one season and done, like a like a good nice wrapped up parcel. Um, I yeah. like shows that do that, but no one ever seems to do that now because they're hoping for the big bucks. And you got to pray it doesn't get cancelled. Well, that's the thing. It probably will. It's my guess because... Because um, <laughs> no one's watching it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some great, great work in it. And they, in general, the characters are cool and the acting's good. The very stereotyped characters. Um, some of the action's good. Some of it's not great. Um, the CG's not very good, but it's not terrible. It's probably better fight scenes than Iron Fist because that was terrible, and I couldn't finish watching that show. We we couldn't even finish watching the monkey one. <laughs> yeah. the, the Monkey King adventures that was like Hercules but bad. I watched it. We watched it all. No, didn't did, we? Did, I, I only saw like. You may have watched it all. I think I watched one episode and was like not, not doing it. Yeah, but see that that was that was going for the Hercules and Xena vibe. It had yeah. that ex- exact same feel, that kind of Sunday afternoon TV show kind of feel. Um, yeah, I, I remember clearly. I only watched one episode, which is not maybe two, and just I did, we did an episode on it. Did we? I don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> we may have combined it with some other. Um, uh, Monkey King, Monkey King one. We, what we really need to do is, I need to buy the box set of um, uh, Monkey, Monkey Magic. Magic, Monkey Magic, and we're just gonna do it. We're just gonna <laughs> watch the whole thing or something, <laughs> or just do a Dragon Dragon Ball episode. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm down for that. That'll be some Dragon Ball. But yeah, it is good stuff. We'll figure out something. So we'll be back um, with multiple episodes in the future as we do um you can find me on twitter at sentient underscore plus and vader is at uh vader van odin and also vader van odin.com with his many multiple twitches Thanks. and youtubes and cakes and all kinds of fun stuff um if, if you can think it i probably do it like i Jack Ars of all trades. That's me. <laughs> uh, he's also a co-host on Dark Insight, another uh, gaming-centric um, podcast. Um, and I'm on a few other podcasts, uh, monsterdearmonster.com. You can uh, catch me there. We, I, I don't think we've plugged the other stuff um, on the show, actually, before. But uh, if we did, it was a long time ago. So there are a few other podcasts we're on. If you like to hear us natter on about various and sundry things, um, I can promise they're primarily all entertaining. Uh, we're kind of funny, I like to think. And <laughs> we'll be back next time with something else, something new, and something kung fu. Bye-bye, y'all. See you later. <laughs>